people, what's good? It's your boy Milo. It's your boy Trey. We're here to give you another episode of Layers Layers of Life. Life. (sighs) Usually Fabian will say cheese and, you know, that's how it goes. Um, Oh, thank you guys for joining us for yet another episode. Um, As you heard, the intro was a little bit different. Um, So today we've got Trey here as a co-host, taking Fabian's spot. Not taking his spot. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just um, filling his. I can't fill his boots, but uh, you know, I'm just facilitating um, for facilitating, today. Facilitating, you know. <laughs> While Fabian is, you know, um, catching some some time, much needed time off to just rest and recuperate and get back yes. to it. Um, so thank you for joining, Trey. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really grateful and blessed that you given me this opportunity. You know, it's always. I should even come. Out, should I like to you now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always grateful to come on the podcast with you guys. Um, I feel like I should ask you, like, how's your week been, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, before we get into that as well, so oh, yeah. I get, for this episode as well, we also joined uh, with a friend, a listener of the podcast as well, um, goes by the name of Kobena. Um, Yeah, there you go, introduce yourself, sir. Oh, um, thanks for having me, yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get them, them giggles out, the first giggles got to come out, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Um, for me, really, life is just you know when you're an adult and like things just get so draining. I think I complained last time to be fair, but I'm not gonna complain this time. Um, but one thing I've realized is that when change comes, it comes in many different forms. And sometimes if you're not really, you know, awake or present in that moment, you could really miss something for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I say that because uh, I've been in a few coincidental situations where I've seen people, met people that I didn't plan on being where I was, but I just happened to meet these people. And again, if you know, listen to podcasts, you've heard me say many a times, I don't believe in coincidences. So I generally believe that there's some action plan points I need to make on life. I don't know where they are now, just yet, but I know I've got things on my list to do. But So that's what this week has really discovered to me. Um, but yeah, man, how has things been for you guys? Um, do you know what? My week has been very similar. I feel like I'm learning a lot more about myself and realising that there's no time like the present to make changes. Mm. So I think that this week has been realising it's time to make changes and implementing. I feel like I'm growing up in a weird way, as cliche as it sounds, but I actually feel like I'm growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you're when you're realising to take accountability for your responsibilities and stuff you do, then it's like, shit, yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> i got yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, I'm late to the party, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Yeah, I think for me, I feel like, like this week is... Also, I feel like it's been a deep conditioning and thinking about like because I'm I'm 29. I'm nearly 30, I'm gonna well, I'm not I'm gonna be 29 this year, but I'm gonna be 30. Um, yeah, next year. So this week it's just always it's just been thinking about what have I done in my 20s? What have I accomplished? What do I need to improve in? Um, mm. Yeah, and just just taking the time out and like reading stuff as well um so yeah that's that's where i'm at at the moment with this week but yeah, yeah. i feel you yeah i feel you so give us as for listeners as well i want to see i want you to kind of like give a bit more as to who you are what you do um and yeah i want to listen to hear a bit more about you yeah so um i'm a freelance television assistant producer um in yeah for yeah tv broadcast um and what i do in that in that job is either like setting up shoots um for tv shows so some of the tv programs that i've worked for i just came off the rap game actually season um season three um i've done shows like come dine with me 
Um, I mainly do sort of documentary sort of um, shows. So like last year I did something for like YouTube originals. But um, yeah, in my job, what I do, yeah, it's like either casting or like setting up um, like complex shoots for shows or story producing um, as we, the contestants or contributors um, um, and sort of navigating and seeing what what the story is. It's normally like documentaries are what I normally do. So a lot of that is Mm. basically storytelling and... um, and yeah, and just seeing where their story sort of goes or like putting the story together to make the programme. So oh, okay. yeah, I hope that makes sense. But yeah, that's what I do. Okay, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Because um, yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know if, don't hate the players. Is that on? Yeah, that's on ITV2. Yeah, yeah so yeah. And I've actually, I actually um, got invited. When it first, first started, I got invited okay. to come to the live show and like see how it was. And okay. just seeing it, I was like, oh, I wonder who thought of this. I wonder how much, how it, how long it took to create this, yeah. you know what I mean? Or find this venue or whatever it may be. Like, so it's interesting to know that, mm. you know, people like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, find, you find and do these things Literally, as well. Like, yeah, 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 um, yeah. I was going to say, in your experience, um, would you feel like it's one of the most important qualities like in your field? Um, of course, being creative. Mm. Um even like the sort of basic skills, just having, just being a team player and, um, and just being organized. I think that's, I say that's the main qualities I say. Yeah. But like, actually, you know what, even as I'm saying about being creative and all of that. So the television industry, there's, there's editorial and then there's production so editorial is the creative side. So there's people like so I'm in I'm obviously in the editorial bit because I do come up with the ideas, create um create stuff and all of that. So um there's that what there's that department there and then there's production. So production is the people who deal with the budget of the of the of the program. People who sometimes deal with a little bit of like the logistics within getting a crew to A to B um destination. And I feel like mm. with that, you have to be quite organized you have to be organizing everything but yeah and that's what i say organization if you want to do production um yeah mm. i feel like as well in tv and film there's so many so much things go into production. Yes. so um, there's so many layers like yeah. as well because um i think most of you probably know as well so i was lucky to be on top boy for uh, the last yeah. the last season that yeah. they filmed and like yeah. even the small couple of seconds that i was on the screen for yeah so much went into it like Literally. so much went into those five seconds in that five Literally. second scene. Like so, I can only imagine like putting together a whole, a whole big, a whole big, um, big show and everything. So, did you always want to go into TV and film? Like, how did how did you get into it? Like, did you always know from school from school times? Cool, I'm gonna go into media. Like, you know what? It's quite it's it's quite um, a crazy story because no, I didn't actually have aspirations to work in media. I think I knew from school that I was never going to be those city boys wearing the suit and tie. Yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> I, I just was like, this, this, it just looks boring. I was like, the corporate stuff ain't for me yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But um, actually, so I'll tell you a bit of the background of the story, how I got into uh, media or TV. So um, I... Um, so I went, what did I, I imagine, I nearly forgot what I studied at uni. <laughs> Can you imagine? So um, when I went to, so I went to uni, I studied drama and film um, literature at university, but I had aspirations to become a drama therapist. And I know you work okay, in okay, 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 okay. So yeah, I wanted to become a therapist. Um, and basically... I just realized that it's it just wasn't for me. So actually, let me let me go right. So I'm I'm like like skipping forward. Let me go right right from the beginning. So, 
um, yeah, I went, <clears throat> yeah, did um, sixth form, then went to uni, did yeah, drama and film literature. And, um, and I think the reason why I wanted to do um, therapy is because I feel like I want, I feel like from a young age, <clears throat> I was very interested within how the mind works. Mm. I want, I was very interested in kind of helping people um, even within like stuff like mental health and all of that, I feel like, ah, oh, this is quite interesting. And I want to know why people, um, like the way how people think in that. And then I must have read something up online, like that drama therapy. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was in my first year of uni, so we yeah, had about 18, 19, um, do you remember the Hackney Weekender? The Hackney... Yeah. 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 So they... Oh my God. Yeah. I, wait, that was that event where they... It was like a little festival yeah. and it never came back ever Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My older sister went to that and she lived her life. I, remember I was even watching her on the... Because I remember it was live as well yeah, yeah, on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just watching her celebrating in, in that crowd. Like, what? It was, was lit. Jealous. It never came yeah, back. It never came back. Went. No, but I think they only mm. did it because of the... Because um, of the Olympics. Oh, okay, okay, the 2012 okay, okay. Olympics. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I was like... I was going to just use my initiative and be like, you know what? I want to get... Um, I need to get experience um, in something um, because I remember during that time, that's where the, um, was it the 2008, the financial crash and all of that people, yeah, yeah, the recession and all of that. So I always had it in my head where like, get experience, get experience and then you'll you'll get a job when you graduate from uni. Mm. And then um, my mum works for the council, isn't it? For the Hackney Council. So she was like, um, they're looking for like, um, people to kind of help out in the build-up for the Hackney Weekender um, and it's BBC Rage 1 and 1 Extra. And at the beginning, I wasn't interested and I was like, oh, like, oh, but I don't, I, don't want, I don't really want to do that. This is yeah. me. It's crazy. Like, something like media is creative yeah. and that and I'm like, and I'm, and I'm already like dismissing it. And then my mum was like, no, just apply and all of that because they're looking for people in the area. They want to nurture the mm. local kids around the mm. area. So I applied. I did that whole long application form and all of that. And then... Pff, Boy, by chance, I got the placement wow. to, yeah. And then um, and then when I was doing that, I yeah, it was, um, I met loads of presenters and all of that, like the Radio 1. It was like I was like a runner, wasn't it? It was like okay, an okay, assistant, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then um, then they were like, okay, do you want to help out with the press lot in the, for the Hackney Weekender? So I got backstage pass and I was helping out with, um, um, even there was like Grime Daily, G- um, it was Grime yeah. Daily back in those days. Yeah. Um, and just helping out with like BBC Radio One and One Extra, like them interviewing the guests, and we actually had the opportunity to start interviewing um, some of the te- um, some of the guests. So I remember I interviewed like was it Trey Songz, Sean Paul, I can't remember Bob, yeah, mm. oh, and wow. it, yeah, there was oh, quite that's crazy. From not wanting to apply to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, this, like... to that, and then actually I would always thank this guy who. Um, um, this guy who I met there, um, who I I ended up doing local radio um, at his, what was it? I was doing like local radio at his at his radio station, and then so the story is quite long winded. Yeah. Basically, no, no, it's yeah. a long. It's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I've got my tea out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a, there's like so many hoots in there, and um, he was like, so this guy was like, oh, you've done like a really good job, and I know that your work experience is coming to an end. Mm. Do you want to come and work for uh, my radio station? But it's like voluntary. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then um, I was doing like the radio stuff for a bit, like speaking and all mm. of that. But I realised that I was more bet- better at coming up with ideas for okay. like the shows. Mm. So 
I was like, and I was very critical about my voice. I was like, I don't like the way how I sound and all that's of that. Too. Yeah, that's like, literally. I think it's everyone, you know. Literally. No one likes their voice. No one likes their voice. No one like, even still from the time, I don't like my voice. <laughs> literally. And then he just told me like, um, yeah, then he was like, okay, you can come up with the idea so you don't need to be talking on on air. And then even with that, I kind of came up with ideas getting Vox Pops with like some of the people who, um, who took part in the Olympics. Mm. Um, like he really, really like, he he, he kind of maybe was like, I think you will be good for like media. Mm. And then I was like, cool. So um, after that, from like, from like, till I finished uni, I was like just doing like voluntary stuff at this radio station. And then, um, but I was like, drama therapy is still what I want to okay, do. Cool. And then basically I started working in schools I, um, because you, in order to do a drama therapy course, you need to um, have experience working with people. So yeah, I picked... Um, schools and I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. I was like, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. Literally, literally, what literally. I was like, I'm not even that much. I thought I was a people person, but I'm not that <laughs> much of a people person because yeah. I was like, I don't want to. Sometimes those experiences make you be like, you know what, f them kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Wow. It's like, nah, this ain't for me. It's so a lot. It's, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. And then yeah, then I just met somebody. Um, and what did I do again? I no so this so one of the people at the radio station was like there's a television event and I think you should go to this event and hand out your CV and then um basically cut long story short I met um a talent manager there and a talent manager in TV is a recruiter person okay and um they were like okay uh, no I think I had like this I just, Basically, I must have been wearing that most brightest coloured top because I was like, I w- I'm going to make sure that you lot notice me in it. And actually, you know what, right? I wasn't even about to go to this event. Yeah. And then, and then my manager was like, you should, my manager at, this co- at the school where I was working, she was like, go to this event because you don't know what you, who you can meet there yeah. and all of that. And then, yeah, I met this talent manager and I remember I had this, uh, yeah, wore the, wore the top and then I had like this picture of me at the back of my CV. And I was like... Okay, you're gonna remember me, and like, I'm somebody that if I know what I want, I'm gonna get it. Basically, I'm gonna get your attention. Then she literally called me up um, for a runner role, and these times I didn't even know it's about freelance, but we can discuss all of that after. But basically, I got, um, I went in, and then they liked me. Then I got the job, and I was only meant to do it for two weeks, and now I'm doing six years in the industry. Wow. Yeah. So it's a long-winded story. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that, you see, when your talent just works for itself, like you just start yeah. to work and it yeah. just start to yeah. align for you. Like. Exactly, exactly, Ooh, crazy. exactly. And I had the right. I think I I'm very grateful that not I was in I was in the right place at the right time, but people saw the talent mm. that mm. I never knew that I had. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. No, what it sounds like to me is that you were you were in the right spaces and the yeah. things just attracted to you and you I feel like because you almost had your own dreams of where you wanted to be yeah. the good opportunities came but there was no like you didn't have any bad thoughts of it it couldn't happen because you were just like oh yeah I'm just going with it yeah. and I think mm-hmm. the things just attracted to you naturally yeah yeah I think that's the beauty of the journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I feel like yeah you didn't you, there was no pressure no no it was it was more of a why not like yeah what could I lose it's like, what can I lose? What, what? Like, I was young. I was like, let me just do it. Mm. Yeah, and I don't regret it. So, so since being in the into that industry, yeah. Um, did you see uh, like a great division in the amount of people you saw working in those industries that looks like yourself? <laughs> yeah, major. You know what? It's actually 
funny enough, when I started working in telly, that's when I think, yeah, like the stacks are against me. Mm. I think as because I went to school in North London, basically. I went to um, Bish- you to? I went Bishop Stopford School. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. in Enfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I went okay, there. Cool. I went there. Um, and that school, my school was predominantly it was black. Then even like even sixth form, it was still predominantly black. Mm. Uni, like obviously you get people from different parts of the country and all of that, but like I didn't feel like there was any racism. I don't I don't I don't think so, but yeah, until I went into TV, yeah, the yeah, the stacks right. were against me. Like I didn't see anybody who looked like me. And I feel like maybe I might have come in there a little bit naive in that mm. sort of way, because I've been all my life with like black people and all of that. So now I'm actually in an industry and and actually funny enough, right, my mum was scared. My mum was wow. my mum was scared. My mum was like I'm scared like like because black people don't make it in the in the in the media that much, mm. basically. Even though she was up for me doing a work experience, but I think to fight to do a career in it, mm. and you know, like traditional Africa is either you need to be a teacher or a doctor or yeah, something like that. Something, yeah. so, like something like media, it's like I don't know. And yeah, and yeah, the sets were already against me and, and like the claws came out within like the first the first or second no, just within the second week. Mm. Like I had even somebody snitch up on me. And say, I'm being, um, that I was unprofessional or something like that. They must have made up a lie and told, like, the production manager, I don't know how, I don't know how to describe. So basically, this is a little bit of a story. So I remember I was, it was my first runner job. And um, I went with with this girl, she was white, and we went on a way trip. And then basically, apparently the way how we were doing how what we were asked to do mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it properly and then instead of guiding me or like telling me what I'm doing if I'm doing something wrong they were like they went and reported me to the <laughs> to, the, to the production manager mm-hmm. and then I was like that in itself I, is like a microaggression like yeah, you're not yeah, just coming to speak to me are yeah, you scared yeah, of me yeah, like where is it exactly why would you not just be, be like as a normal person exactly it's, be like, oh by the way exactly. I could do this like this exactly exactly and you purposely was, went out your way to go and snitch. It, it just, just go out and snitch. And Snitches I, get stitches. I hope you don't exactly. know. I hope you don't know. <laughs> exactly. No, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Like, they even said something like, oh, like, you need to talk, like, properly. I was like, what do you mean talk properly? I was like, you're basically trying yeah. to say, because you, I sound yeah. black. Yeah. And, wow. yeah. Even, even there was one time they were like, yeah, you can't even wear your dashiki top. Huh? What? Mad. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, dish- like, as in like for uniform, as in like you're not allowed to wear it. I can't wear like my top, like my dashiki, because it's just gonna uniform? attract the wrong people. Yeah. Just try- oh my god. Did you have yeah. a uniform a set? Oh no no, it, it wasn't like a you uniform. Yeah clothes. yeah, wear my own clothes. Yeah. And wow. they gave you their own criteria. They said you're not allowed to wear nothing. Yeah yeah yeah. That shows any heritage? Literally, literally, it was almost to the point. I can't believe that. It was shocking. I'd be knocking on HR's door, bro. <laughs> but then it's I I think already I think by that point. Mm. I think I already knew that because I'm a minority mm. in there, and I, and I, and, and it was weird because funny enough, right before that, I was always more like, I'm just gonna speak my mind and that. But mm. I feel like when I came in, because I'm a minority, the stats mm. are used are gonna be against me. Yeah, you're gonna think I'm aggressive. Prove their point, exactly, right? exactly, prove their point. And I was like, nah, I need to play. At that moment, I was like, I might need to play their game, mm. like. 
just don't react to anything. But I felt like the more I was doing that, the the, the I you're felt not, like like not I'm not myself. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. yeah, I already clocked that from the beginning when I started the industry. But yeah, but it's not like that now. <laughs> not like not like that. But like yeah, I learned. Now you don't assimilate as much. Do you feel like? Or... Yeah, no. Nah. No, no, no assimilation at all. Nah, like, like, I don't know. I felt like I got to, I mean, I'm at a certain level now Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to put up with this. Like now, if you do me something, I will gather you together, Mm -hmm. basically, at the end of the day. That's good. Yeah. I feel like it gets to a stage when, like you said, you, you cement yourself within your position that, um, Eventually, you just put your foot down. Yeah. Because you realise I'm not a doormat. Yeah. You're not going to walk all over me and tell me what to do and expect me to do it just because you said it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I feel like sometimes um, when people are not stood up to or not corrected, they continue with the ignorant ways because mm. they generally, generally do not know any better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But then you get some fuckers who know better yeah. but continue it and choose yeah. to be spiteful, disgusting people. Yeah, yeah. Um, no one can help them. No. That's their lost souls. But yeah. those who the other, the other type, then you know you mm. can you can mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn. Like, yeah. I've always treat people. I've always to respect people. Like, you yeah, know? exactly. And I feel like to, I feel like to an extent as well. I feel like it kind of is our role being mm. like people in whatever industry we're working in to sometimes be that voice to be like, you know what? I, I guess you guys have been doing this for X amount of years, but this is how it makes me feel. This is how it makes some other colleagues feel. Yeah. This doesn't feel good. Maybe you guys should start doing this or do whatever it is. And otherwise change won't ever really come about. Um, but then again, I find it like Trey, we spoke about this last week, I think um, when we said how sometimes we don't, maybe what if we're fighting for, isn't it's, we're fighting for things that don't really, yeah. don't really belong to us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not for us. We need to be able to create our own. Yeah. So whereby we can feel comfortable because people look like us in whatever level they're at mm. rather than fighting for positions in places which are not created for us mm. where they control the narrative or whoever's the power controls the narrative mm. yeah yeah it's I so- like how you finished off my sentence Fabian's out of a job for Barry Fabian needs to come back <laughs> <laughs> so but when I do you know when I was listening to you speak I was just thinking yeah. about myself and when I first started um, flying doing cabin crew for British Airways, I remember when I would train, I would go in every day to training, be thinking like, oh, these people don't want me here. I'm not meant to be here. I'm the only one that looks like me. Yeah. Um, I'm not meant to be in this space. Um, when I fail things, I'm thinking, oh, they're all against me anyway. The trainers and my colleagues, I'm just thinking everyone just wants me mm. to fail. And I would doubt myself so much. Mm. And I, I didn't think that, you know what, maybe this is not something that I'm dealing with alone. Mm. I just thought it's something that I just have to deal with. Yeah. And then even when I go to when I went to work, sometimes I would sit there and think, okay, none of my colleagues look like me or are like me. So I would assimilate until I get off the plane. And then I'm like, I don't speak to you guys. I don't see mm. you. Know, I'm very by myself. Yeah. And then I get back on the plane and I do the same thing. Mm. So I kind of took another route of just not speaking about things yeah. and just until I see someone that does look like me. And yes. then I'm like, okay, enjoyable work. Yes. And then, yeah. 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 No, I feel you. I feel you. I feel like sometimes... Yeah, it's best to just dilute yourself in, to an extent yeah. until 
you feel like you're at a space where you're just worth is worthy enough of being around people. Especially, I feel especially in the workplace because the British work culture they make you feel as if you have to be friends outside of work. Like, oh my god! Yeah. They want to go out on for drinks on the weekend or the pubs, all of this. Do your thing, but count me out. In it, like I will speak to you guys at work. Exactly, and we'll leave it there, please. I feel like sometimes it can feel like you are included as much as they want you to be included. Mm. That's what I would find. It's like if you laugh at their jokes or you want to be in a certain space, yeah, you can be included. But mm. the moment you have a different thought or the moment you challenge or the moment you yeah. Yeah. show some sort of culture <laughs> mm. and you don't want to be laughed at for that mm. culture, I feel like then it's you're looked at a bit yeah. sideways. Yeah. 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 Like there's, there's a saying that I, I've heard somewhere that I, I've stolen for myself. <laughs> I say it's mine. <laughs> um, but included, no, inclusive doesn't always mean included. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. that's that's been our lives. Yeah. You guys are fine. You guys can join us, but don't make any difference to what was what's happening. Yeah. Don't really say how you really feel. Just stay there and be there. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I can resonate with that, fam. <laughs> I can resonate. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So I want to know. Yeah. Tell me about more. How how have you? Um. How have you? How have you? Before I even get to that, how are you aware of like your mental health in general? Like going through all of these transitions in um through working, obviously you've obviously got your own personal life as well. Like, have you gone through any experiences where you feel like you've hit a mental wall, so to say, where you feel like you haven't been in the best of places? And if so, how did you deal with that? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, actually currently I'm in counseling at the moment. And um I felt last year with everything like Black Lives Matter and like all like some other personal stuff, I feel like my mental health, uh, this is where I was like, I need to take action with my mental health. Um, like, like currently right now is okay. But yeah, so like in the past, when it really affected me, it's when I lost one of my best mates to um, bowel cancer. Um, yeah, I lost her at the age of 26. Um, yeah, she was 26 when she passed. Um, and your grief, like, there's so many other stuff that is going on, like, with work and all of that. Because actually, my, I don't know if you guys um, know, but the television industry is a freelance industry. Mm. So, of course, you're more like, okay, what's, the, the, you're, you're not stressed about work, but you're always like, oh, what's the next job going to mm, be? Yeah. And then after you're dealing with like grief, with like losing losing one of your friends, and I think also like, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to talk like pop being pop a negative about TV industry. There are yeah. we speak about the, the positive sort of side there, but like some of the negative stuff within the racism, what I encountered yeah. was starting to trickle down on me, and then it literally just got to the point where you know when you're just put into a bubble and you're like, flip, I can't even get out of this. This mm. is, There's too many layers. And then luckily I've got an amazing girlfriend who she supported me. She's she's always, she's really been really supportive. She was like, you need to go counselling because you're grieving. You, you've got so many things on your mind. Mm. And I think it started, she could even see that you're unhappy. Mm. And even sometimes, even on Instagram, actually, I think some people even message me, they're like, are you okay? You don't look all right. Like, wow. Yeah, like it was crazy. It was crazy how people were noticing that I'm not all right when 
even sometimes when I'm trying to cover it up, but mm. and there's certain things you just can't cover. But then I always feel like you like you can't help somebody unless they help themselves. Yeah. So even these people telling me that you need to do it was only gonna happen if I could help myself. So I think of it like last year, like last year, let's be honest, like it was everybody's had that time to think. And you know what? Yeah, I'm actually glad the pandemic has happened. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, literally, I'm actually happy because imagine if this pandemic, the world what we were living in before, it wasn't a normal world. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It, it was... needed that detoxing and mm, all of that. Yeah. I think people, and and I know, and I know, loads of people struggled with their mental health as well. Like I've I've got compassion for that as well. But I'm like, I'll just speak for like me. Like yeah. I felt like that gave me a moment to really reflect that my mental health is not at the best state and mm. I need to seek help. Mm. If I don't seek help, I'm going to crash. Yes. So um, I feel like since I've been doing counselling, I've started to, even like um, traumas from the past, from my, my childhood, I started to... Uncover. Oh, yeah, uncover. Mm. And I was like, rah, this is... This is why this is bad, this I am the way I am because yeah. of certain stuff. It's crazy how much your childhood some can Effect sort of impact. Yeah. I've had that experience yeah. with therapy too. Like yeah. it can make you it's like a giant weight off, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like not enough people in the black community go to therapy or seek counselling. Yes. And that's why a lot of us do struggle and feel like we have to battle alone. Mm. Especially black men, I yes. feel like we're probably disproportionately affected mm. just because of our pride, just because we're told to be a strong black man. Yeah. We don't tend to seek help, but exactly. we've gone through a lot. Exactly. We have gone through a lot and sometimes our childhood affects who we are. Exactly. And yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And there's a crisis in black masculinity. Mm. There is. There's a crisis. We are... We are we are shown, um, we are told to be hyper masculine. We are told to don't cry. Yeah. Like we can't show any emotions because showing that is just gonna emasculate yourself. If there, if if you show any sort of sign, then there's a bit of a worry, basically. Yeah. And and that's why loads of black men don't go to seek for help. Like, it's a it's a it's a lot, and, and I really. I just, yeah, I just, I just hope for change within. I mean, it's hard for guys already, but black men, like, just being open with your feelings and mm-hmm. all of that. Because I, I wasn't like that before, yeah. and it took me up until last year to be like, okay, I need to express myself. Even crying, I was like, even before I used to be like, why the hell are you crying? Like, mm-hmm. and it's so toxic. Yeah, yeah, it's toxic because it, it makes you feel like you're not meant to feel things. Yeah, yeah. and then once you do feel things, you sometimes the ego starts to spill in and tells you what you're doing. Be a man. Yeah. And then you suppress these things and then it starts to affect how you interact with people, mm. um, how much you respect people or the lack of respect you give yeah. to people. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of messes things up in, in all types of ways, many ways yeah. to be fair. Yeah. And I feel like once you're able to really look at yourself in the mirror and take accountability for your actions and just to have a better understanding of yourself exactly. is what... It, it, it should really take to be a man, to be fair. To be able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, cool, I know I fucked up or I've messed up. And yeah. Now it's time to learn this about myself or I've been holding on to this for so long, maybe it's time for me to release it. Mm, being able yeah. to at least minor things like, excuse me, minor things yeah. like, you know, being aware of your errors and your and your negative ways of being yes. alone is you take responsibility to change and be better. Like, And again, I feel like 
all men are different. Like not every man wants to is gonna be alpha male. Yes. Unfortunately, that's just how life goes. Yes. Unfortunately, it's not about um, no agenda of things being changed. If some people are just different, yes. you know, and I feel like because of things like social media, um, there's still that status quo where if you're not this perfect type of female or perfect type of man, then you you don't really fit the, the status quo and you're yeah. you're less of a person, so to yeah. say, or you get judged so easily about minor things. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Social norms have fucked us all up. Yeah. No, yeah. honestly, because that's all, it's, it's, it's all social constructed, socially constructed as well. And yeah. I feel like once, as humans, I feel like once we try to break out of certain habits, it's, yes. the collective is look at you like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. This, is not, this is not what we do as, as people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what allows um, us as humans to move forward and progress is to be okay with being looked at as an as an individual and being isolated mm-hmm. and continue to move in your ways because eventually you'd realise being in your own world and hearing your own thoughts and knowing what you know sometimes is all you really need. Yeah. And anything anyone else has to say to you is just more of a distraction or it's a sign of their own... Um, What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? When people are... Someone finish it, please. What, there? That's it. Oh my god, it's in my head and it's insecurities. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was gonna say it's insecurities. I didn't want to get it wrong. It was in my head. It was in my head. Insecurities is the word I was looking for. I found it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I feel like that's what that's what it is. Sometimes it's, it's a showcase of, of people's insecurities. Yeah. Because they within themselves don't feel like they can be who they want to be. So when yes. they people do it, they're like, oh my god, why are you doing this? Let it go. I think that's why it's yeah. important to have spaces like this that you and Fabian have created just yes. for black men even to be able to speak and to have open dialogue and yeah. to grow and to find out about each other's experiences mm-hmm. so that we can further push the narrative of working out where we stand and working out our trauma, working out how to communicate with each other in a more healthy way, yes. how to grow. So I think that even you should be grateful for yourself mm. that you've created something where yes. you're a part of that even the conversation we're having today is all a part of that further thinking further mm. development of our people and of black men so you know years years ago we wouldn't even afford to have these conversations so yeah it's it's a blessing you know that we're all here right now even having this mm. conversation it's true and not even having these we, we would be too scared to have these conversations yeah. because already it's like ah. Oh, like, open up, like, yeah, how to open up? <laughs> like, how to open up? Yeah, you should feel you're already labelled as emasculated, yeah. or yeah. So, yeah, and I feel like go. I feel like in some aspects as well, us as humans, we like to believe we know ourselves. So once we're told something that we are not aligned with, or we don't see in ourselves, sometimes it can throw us off. Yeah, 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 and um, make us not want to change or make us mm. not want to be better because we don't like what someone else has told us. Mm. Um, and again, it comes within the person of being able to get to a place where you can actually just be able to accept and understand and not, and just take away the personal, yeah. the personal side of it all. Like things that happen to us in life or what people say to us isn't always personal. Just yeah. take it for what it is at that time yeah. and take away the emotion from it as well. Because yeah. once we feed of emotion, emotion that we're not um, nurturing or looking after, it's only going to be negative energy. Yeah. It can only be negative energy because it's not full of positivity. You're not, you're not aware of why you're releasing certain emotions. So it can only be from a place of hurt or a place of insecurity. You know what I mean? Mm. Which, I mean, it, within what you said, Trey, thank you for those compliments. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like for me, it, it's, it's had to take certain experiences. And I feel like, again, I've mentioned on this podcast many a times that I've lived in my own head for too long. Mm. Um, 
that I had to just start to openly speak about things that was going on in my head or things that I experienced and felt so that I just felt like I was human. Yeah. Because that's, I am, I'm a, I'm a person who just has experiences in life and sometimes I don't understand it and it alters how I do things sometimes. Mm. Sometimes it makes me do things better. Um, mm. But now I've realised talking about stuff has helped a lot. Yeah. Like, if I didn't talk about stuff, I would go mad. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would generally go mad. I would be one of those dons out on road. Yeah. Stiff face, screwing, yeah. walking. I'm the kind of person they warn you about in the news. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> do, you like, do you feel like the reason why, like the reason why our brothers are like that is because they can't speak? Yeah, and I, I feel like they, they haven't been told that it's, maybe they haven't been told it's okay to speak or maybe they haven't been told how to speak. I feel like people feel like speaking about stuff means mm. putting your business out there or whatever it may be. And if that is the case, okay. If you don't feel comfortable putting your business out there, then get yourself around a set of people that you do feel comfortable with because yeah. it's an excuse. Mm. There's no reason for you to keep stuff to yourself, no matter how much pain you've been through, how much, no matter how much yeah. hurt you've been through. Of course, it makes it harder for people to share because of the distrust they've had and because of the amount of people that they've um, probably played them or whatever it may have been. But that doesn't mean that you you can't share. You can't yeah. allow those situations to make you regress. Yes. Because there's always going to be adversities in life. Mm. If you always bounce back or sit down from the things that you should be standing up for, when would you progress? Yeah. When would you know better? You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like, yeah, that is definitely an important factor in regards to men being able to be more one of themselves. Um, mm. And again, I feel like it's also... So I was reading the book, um, Seven, Spir- Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Um, and one of the laws for reaching your purest level of, of being, so to say, was um, not being non-judgmental. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because I feel like we're always told not to judge people. Mm. And people say all the time, but let's be real. In our day-to-day lives, in, in society and in social media and everything, Judgment is is what everyone is thriving off in this current day and age. It's so funny. I was talking to my cousin this week about judgment, and I was just saying that you know, I feel like we all at one stage or another. Even you can be the most like enlightened person. You're mm. gonna judge someone just subconsciously sometimes, but it's about being aware of when we are judging and being able to stand back from it and be like, you know what, that's judgment, and kind of be non. What's the word? Be like not have an opinion on it kind of thing. Mm. Just be like, okay, yeah, I've, I've judged, but stand aside. Not just then go and talk to your friend about, oh, do you know yeah. this person did it? That's when you're spreading yeah. like gossip and that's very negative energy. But I feel like we're all going to judge at every stage. Mm-hmm. It's, we're going to judge something. Mm. Sometimes unconsciously. Yeah. 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 But then again, I feel like, some, like you said, I feel like sometimes even though we have opinions doesn't mean it needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes That's it's okay true. to keep things to yourself. No one wants to hear what you have to say. It's true. Because you don't know how what you're going to say may affect someone else. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, not to say don't speak about stuff, mm-hmm. but just be mindful of how what you say affects others. That's, exactly. that's the main point in it. Was that May Angelo? Is it May Angelo? She, didn't she say, wasn't it a quote? They, isn't, oh, what's that quote again? It's like they, the person may never, they may forget with what you said, but it's, they will always remember how they made you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's true. 100%. No, it's mad. Mm. Okay, so, with you, Corbina, um, how's, so what's what's the good side of uh, of TV? What's the good side of of being in your life? And what, what, to be fair, and also I want you to tell me, like, even before the whole COVID stuff, like, what was like a, 
a regular day for you, like in regards to um, yeah, like a day in the life of okay. what, what would you be up to? How would you, how would things go for you? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, well, like work life, like work TV, life, yeah, but also that? actually no separate from work life. Actually, I'll say more so in this process of having your mental clarity. Okay, what things have you done to further enable that for yourself, other than going to counselling? Okay, um, like what other things have you been putting doing to yourself to helping to reach that level of optimum being so to say okay so um speaking like mm. talking talking to people um like friends and actually um podcasts like this yeah in that yeah. sort of way just being able to connect because you don't because actually not all the time you have to connect with people like meeting but like mm-hmm. a podcast i see that is yeah. connecting read um like reading books um I would also, I would also say, um, prayer. Mm. I'm a Christian, so like, I like just praying to God and just like speaking to Him mm. and all of that. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say those lot are quite different. I don't, I don't know if I answered the whole of your question. Partially, yes. And then you said the, the TV stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. So with the good stuff within TV, like. I love what I do. And you know what I would... And I think previously I touched on the industry's freelance as well. Yeah. So some people might be like, oh, freelance is, is, is not, it's not, for, it's not for them and all that. They want that stability, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually like being freelance, I'd say for now. It's been all right for now. Yeah. Because I like the idea of working with different people, mm. working on different projects and all of that. Like, if it was a nine-to-five, I'd be like, oh, just... You get tired of it after a while. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. just get tired after... For what? And then I know, like... Like, for instance, if I don't like someone, basically, I know I'm only working with you for, like, <laughs> a certain amount of time and I'm going to go yeah. on and move on to something else. But I think it's just having that... I love storytelling. I love being able to find a story that hasn't been seen on television before mm. or and cook and being able to control that narrative as well um so that's 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 what i like and there are amazing people in this industry like i've had people who have helped me grow in this, in, in this industry because from when i was i was only meant to do this for two weeks and then i've been in it for six years now and i've met some people um along the way who have nurtured me who have um like yeah just encouraged me just to keep just mm. just to keep going and all of that and and also finding my voice again in a way mm. because the early years I say when I because basically from um f- um from that I, I I worked my way up I worked my way way up from runner to production assistant junior researcher then to assistant producer so I'm at like sort of like the mid-level bit now mm in um in that way and like the last two years i've worked with like some amazing people like yeah it's just been really 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 helpful but um that the early years yeah you just you just do what you're told you mm. couldn't do anything but i but again my skin color in it basically <laughs> at the end of the day because i'm black yeah like sometimes i felt alienated that i couldn't mm. say anything or like it's like when you're saying about being secluded in there like they were like yeah you can come but yeah. don't change anything mm. basically you stay muted yeah and and obviously it's going to get to a certain point where 
it's gonna enough is gonna be enough. And then actually, when I started, sp- and, and you know what? Another thing is, there's no such thing as being the good black. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing as being the, 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 the good black. You know that one that you, you just don't say anything because yeah. they will still find ways to say that like, you're mad, you're aggressive, yeah, you're yeah, this yeah, and literally, that. Literally. literally, I tried, I tried that trick, and it was like, nah. So then after, I was like, you know what? I just it was just one. Day, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> This right with your whole chest, with my whole chest, with my whole chest. I'm gonna be like, nah. This is this is this is what I'm about. This is me. Yeah. And it's either you take it or you leave it at the end of the day. So, and I think the more the more companies you go to and all of that, the more you network. So I was like, nah. You know what? This is this is this is me. And I felt like ever since I've stayed true to myself, mm-hmm. um, like. I've always it's just it's just works within my favor at the end of the day, and I'm always about bringing people in. But mm. um, I don't subscribe to Bame. I like yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I don't subscribe to um, to Bame, and and I'll be real, us black people, we are the the, the least underrepresented in these industries. Yes. So I'm about nurturing and bringing people because I don't want nobody black to go or some anyone anyone ethnic minority I don't want no one to go through with what I went through from the early from the beginning and I know that I've got a bit of a privilege in a way or I know I've got a bit of an influence at the level I'm at now where I can start bringing people in yeah. basically so yeah but yeah I mean I don't know if I answered it yeah but it's been the no, good like, the bad and yeah. I feel like again like we said sometimes it takes you finding that voice of yourself to yeah. open the door for our people and also yeah. realising it, it makes a difference for you like definitely that is, yeah, because I feel like maybe I should take some, some notes out of your book, but mm. I'm still at the point where I need to, I'm be, I'm learning to better articulate myself. Okay, yeah. Because as much as I know what I can be and should be entitled to, yeah, there's a way to go about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. just there yet. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, I yeah. work, I say yeah. my piece, but once I'm stopped, once I stop, I stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise. How do you, yeah. How right. do you guys feel that um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement has affected your industry and like your <laughs> relationships with colleagues and stuff. Cause I personally, I've been furloughed for this whole time. So I don't mm. know yet how that will take an impact on how I am at work mm. or with different people. So I just wanted to ask you. I think for me, um, when I came, so obviously cause you guys obviously know I'm, I'm, I'm in a school in it. Yeah. So when I, when we came back in September, I was bare like, okay, cool. I'm I'm not here for no games, yeah, like because yeah. you lot been doing stuff. <laughs> and now I know, now I know. Like obviously, it's so cool during during the half during the whole yeah during the the whole Corona period before going back to school in September. What my school had done was um they put together some, it was like a on, on Microsoft Teams mm. with the whole staff of all the school or the whole school sorry, um and they had um members of staff who was in leadership roles who were black, speaking mm. about their stories and experiences and, you know, the importance of being black and how they've been and how they've treated and how they felt. Um, and I guess that's their way of standing in solidarity with us, right? Um, so one of my colleagues, she spoke about her story and she was, she's a Nigerian woman, so she spoke about from back home and stuff and one of my colleagues spoke about her, her, her journey, her experiences and I was like, you know what, this is all nice and great to hear but why are we telling our stories, yeah. guys? We've seen what the, other, people, other people's stories on TV, hence why we're here in the first place. So why is why have we not realised that speaking about stories isn't going to change anything? 
Because what do you want to get out of this? The fact that I know you a bit more or I know more about you? Okay, well, what does that change? Because one hundred. Because what what what's next? What's next? Like, what is actually next after this? And I I kid you not, till this day, from then till now, nothing about Black Lives Matter has made an impact in our school. There was a time when during Black History Month in October, <laughs> the one month that we had, um, which there was barely anything focused or there was barely any sort of plan amongst or for, for things to run. Yeah. So I took it upon my own initiative to run to start um um what did I do a talent show for month my elevens and it was something where I put my own time into yeah. it. I stayed behind after school hours. I was the one who was doing choreography and stuff with them because I wanted them to feel like okay cool. They, they have seen all these things happen on TV. They're aware of stuff. I can't make them feel like there's no one in the school who's yeah. standing up for them or supporting them. So I've done that. But on a, on a grand scheme of things, nothing's really been changed because mm. you guys want to speak about numbers of um, of people, but I can count on one hand black members of staff and leadership roles who are making the decisions for the majority of students who in the school, may I add, are black. You know? Mate. So yeah. you need to be hiring people within the school who are already in positions who know the kids, who understand the kids and mm. are able to represent that, okay, cool, you can also potentially be ahead in this position. Because even kids in my school, in my in my own small little role, no, no, not, not small, let me not diminish myself, but mm. in my role, some of my students are like, oh, sir, what did you do to get hired? Well, like, yeah, I want to work and yeah. I want to do your job. Representation matters, you know what it I mean? Matters. If I was in a higher position, they would want to be like, oh, okay, cool, oh, sir, maybe one day, are you looking to run the school just because of the role I'm in? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It shows them that they have things to aim for, to have to push for, and none of that has been taken into consideration since... Mad. But because of my role, I'm able to instill that into the kids every single day because I work personally with them. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as a school, Did the mad me one. just carry my hand. <laughs> <laughs> because, mate, mate. Again, it's like they they yeah. do stuff just to do it. And I've said I've said from last time as well, like our lives sometimes is just a social movement. Yes. In that moment, and then it's forgotten about until the next incident happens. Mm. Or it would happen to a white person before it's taken more serious and there's actual reform and yes. changes made. And until then, I have to just be strong, continue to do what I know works best for me, and just keep going. Yeah. Because nothing else is really, really, really going to change unless I pack my bag and go back to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and even then... There's a whole another level of There's another there, another level. You know? so, <laughs> I mean. There's another level. Nah, nah, it's true. You know what? I you just took the words right out of my mouth. Like, even with regarding all of that, because um I'm a believer, you can't be what you can't see, first of all. Yeah. Um, and even for me within my within my industry, I was I say I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously, but it's still like mm, it's still mm. at the far end. It's it's more feeling negative at the moment. I'm um I, I'm against this whole performative behavior. Basically, like we need, and I feel for, and it's like what you were saying, Milo. We need to stop sharing our stories. How many stories do you want? How much tra- because it's trauma. What like no literally it's literally trauma how many stories do you want us to be discussing about oh yeah like racism and all of that what what is next and then I think in my industry it was going um at the beginning it was like talking about like stories and um and all of that but then I remember somebody else was calling me to talk to, to like I had a few people ask me to do a few panel things and I was like no I've done one that's enough because I want to see action. But I can't, we, I, you, like, we can't be just talking about okay, the same okay, thing. Okay. What, what are you going to do to dismantle 
um, to, to, to dismantle all and the degrees. You can't have just the one token black person in the exactly. In the no, we're not it, doing it, that. Exactly. And even another thing is, right, um, people at senior levels. Yeah. I want to see black people, people who look like me at senior levels. There's no point of putting people in, like, junior levels and all of that, but still the white the, still the white man is still on top. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. So, I t- for me, like, I, well, my phone line was, ble- was, was ringing, though. <laughs> That's one thing. I can't, I can't lie. My phone line was ringing. It was a privilege but, to be black. Like, I've got that one black friend. Exactly, but and 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 also for within those sort of things there as well. Even within, I'm very careful now on working on shows, even regarding about race, mm. because there's more to race within black people. We there's, there's more to us than talk about racism. Yeah. There's so much diversity. There, why can't we talk about a black person who enjoys gardening? Why can't we? Talk about happy black people. Why does it always need to be about race? So for yeah. me, I was like, no, you know what? If you lot are just calling me up for those sort of things, I'm not interested. Mm. Put me on a show, I don't know, about, I don't know, about body works or something like that. I don't know. Do you yeah. feel like, yeah. just thinking about it, yeah. I was like, do you feel like there's a slightly limited number of mm. um, kind of shows that we kind of have on TV, on Br- British TV that I've seen for black people. There's almost like a certain type of comedy or there's the certain hood narrative. Yeah. Or there's not very much in between. It's either you get the hood narrative or you get the certain type of comedy where you're mocking yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's like not really much. Yeah. yeah. Like in that sort of, yeah. No, but... The 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 whole situation is because there's nobody there's nobody who looks like us in these development in yeah. these rooms. You get you're having these white men making these decisions and putting putting up like commissioning. They yeah. only think black people, and that's why I talk about diversity. There's so much there's there's so much to us than mocking our than mocking ourselves or yeah. doing hood shows and all of that. But yeah. if there's no one like me in those rooms, then it's not going. It's not going to change, yeah, basically, exactly because they think we don't want to see it. No, but I feel like in in that as well, like mm. that. In added, added on to that, Michaela Cole's "I May yes. Destroy You." Mm-hmm. Look how amazing that was. But what recognition did she get from the industries that put people on? They made mm-hmm. it seem as if okay, it was great, but it wasn't enough to win the yeah. awards it deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that was a prime, perfect example of the black experience of being black in, in London and how diverse it is. Mm. Like, what more would you want to see? Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I guess, obviously, I guess it, it takes us to be more more of it coming out, but that show alone mm. deserved much more than it was given. Literally. Especially for the platform that it was on as well. Like Literally. Like, it was amazing. Even for that... It was so amazing. I may destroy you. Like even the vision, like when she's looking at London, like as you were saying, mm. that diver- it's like it, it was like the. I don't know. For me, I just felt like it was the black spectacle of like that's how I see London. You know when you watch some TV shows, right, and you just see in like middle of Oxford Street, and you just see bare white middle class people in there, and yeah, I'm like. Yeah. That doesn't look like Oxford Street. Oxford Street doesn't look look like that, Definitely right? Not. She captured the whole. Mm. It's like basically like I'm. It's like this is how when I go out on the street. That's how. That's this is what I see. It's a typical yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, and I feel like it's hard because we live in 
a white man's country. Yes. So we sometimes, sometimes I like to myself, Miles, you can't expect this to change. You can't expect them to want yeah. to put us out there because, I mean, this is their their country. So <laughs> their country, so to say, the country that we built by here. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I can't, I can't expect the change. But then at some point, it's like, we, London, Londoners like to speak about how diverse it is and how inclusive it is. Um, but when it comes to showing our black stories and experiences, for mm. example, like when Sainsbury's done an advert oh, yeah. showing black families, they got so much backlash. People were commenting saying, oh, I'm not going to shop from Sainsbury's anymore. Yeah. Why are they putting out black families? I don't relate to this advert, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And they just, those okay. situations anger me. Yes. It's like, this is really how you guys feel. Mm. And sometimes we feel like there's progress, but then there's really, really not. When, not. when you look at stuff like the comments and what people say, their perspective and opinions of those pure British white people, yeah. it's nothing but what, we keep speaking of yeah. that they keep saying it's not existing. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's why the UK UK isn't innocent. The UK They're not... also isn't London. Yeah. Because it's London true, yeah. is a city that can be diverse and mm. it can be a particular way, but the UK isn't London. So we've got to think it's when true. you are in these industries yes. like TV... They're not making it just for the Londoners. Yeah. They're making it for the whole country. Yeah. When you look at the country as a whole and who those people are in yeah. those up north and those places and their mentality yeah. of those people is very different to someone who lives in London. Yeah. yeah very right. different. It's true. You know what? As to like what you were saying on the back of that, with I think some of these programs which are made about um with like what black people only it could only be anything to do with gang crime or like comedy. Some of, I feel like a lot of I I don't work in development, but I've got the image in my head where some of these people who develop these shows, even though it's for it's for black, but they the first thing is what can we cater for the white audience before it comes down to us? Is that's how it's all sanitized down mm. to at the end of the day, and and like white people, like they just think maybe black people they it, um, gang crimes accommodates for them so they can't they can't see past that whole black a black happy family like a black like a i don't know like i don't know what so shows like yeah that's the reason why sometimes we look to america more so for our media in terms of tv and film because the representation we get is yes more broad from yes america. yeah i think in america i think especially in the scripted world for acting it's um yeah there's more opportunities the, yeah the opportunities are more there and there's actually more um sort of black there's more black production companies mm. that are out that are out there so yeah that's what i think no i i feel, and i feel like as well where in america where there's people who are you know in their fourth fifth generations yeah in this country when it comes to the arts and creative industry i feel like us first generation people are the ones who are doing things and creating yeah. establishments and stuff. So in the next couple of years, I feel like there will yes. be more of it. Yes. As obviously from the last 10 years till now, there's been more things to do with mm. black culture in general being in the limelight. Mm. Um, so I feel like over time, we probably will start to see more. I agree with you on that. because I, I definitely agree because our generation, especially even within my industry, there are more of us coming in now. Mm. And I feel like, like, I've met, like the some of the black people who I've connected with, we're like a unity. We're like we're bringing. Is that what I'm saying? I'm in a I'm in a state. I'm in a position where I can still bring people into the industry. Mm. Whereas back in the day, right, the people who came before me, 
they um they couldn't do that they had to probably be the good black basically yeah. mm-hmm. they couldn't br- they couldn't bring anybody in so i feel like our generation in the tv in everywhere now there's going to be a change but is that what you were saying yeah yeah yeah, no. yeah man oh it's just life you live i know you know what <laughs> i wanted to ask you lot right yeah what do you guys think about giving somebody um homage do you believe about that Mm. Like paying your respects when yeah. someone's almost like kicked down the door. Kind yeah, of thing. I feel like it's important to you know. But it's definitely important. like for example, mm. if you're in an industry mm. and you've made a way for me to now come into the industry, I should give you your props for allowing for like creating a space where I'm even allowed to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's it's pretty important because. Um, it's also showing a sign of of, of gratitude as well, mm. which I think is important when being expressive in whatever field it is you may be in. Um, because regardless, you got to where you were from the representation of someone or something. You know, you was influenced and inspired by something or someone. So to get to where you are, obviously, yes, you've physically done the work yourself, but the journey was inspired or started because of what you had seen or realised you could do because of what you'd heard or seen. Mm. So I feel like ultimately, yes, in some degree, pay homage, but also do also pay homage to yourself because you made it happen. Yeah. But still do pay homage to the inspiration that was given before you. Mm. Yeah. So, so I've been a bit of a, <laughs> in the middle of this one. Ooh. Because I know, like, some people, like, who demand homage, like, and I'm not, I'm not, like, it's like what you were saying, Milo, like, I, or like, as we got, we, we, we did the hard work to get there, basically, yeah, like, I can give you homage, but how, how long can I be giving you homage for? It's like the whole Stormzy and Wiley situation, mm. basically, how, 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 how long? I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like the once is enough. It can't be forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, like, I have my own life to live, I've got my own things to do, it's enough now. It can't be every interview, I'm mentioning your name, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, no, that's what, that's what we're not going to do. No, <laughs> it's true. But I do think it's important for us to pay homage because if we don't, I feel like because there's sometimes in certain industries and in certain spaces that we're in, we don't have a lot of representation. Let's say, for example, TV. So, we don't have a lot of representation. So if someone helps you or you see someone in a certain position, let's say, I don't know, I see a Reggie Yates and he inspires me yeah. to get to a certain position. If I get to a certain position and I can't ever say in an interview or something that I, he's inspired me, I think that's not healthy for our people to grow and develop because it's like we then feel like it's a competition. Mm. We then feel like, oh, I'm the new Reggie Yates. Mm. Where it's no, he inspired me to get here. Now I'm here. And the fact that I can tell you that he inspired me the next person can then look up and be like, you know what, Trey inspired me also. Mm. And you carry on the, rather than being pit against each other. Yeah, oh, yeah. people say you're like Reggie. No. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I feel like it also helps because it kind of, in a way, builds a community. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you're able to pay homage and you know, be respectful to those who have come before you and mm. it kind of helps you build Relations because they always make yeah. it seem like there has to be one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they make it seem like it has to be one of us, we are always like, do I pay homage or do I just say it's my own thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I not when we should pay homage because mm. you know there's no there's no issues, there's no problems. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm. But yeah, man, um 
Kobina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Having Thank you. you on this episode with Thank us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I yes. appreciate it. I've really enjoyed it listening to you guys. Um, yeah, honestly, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Very much appreciate it. And Trey as well. Yeah. My oh, new yeah. co host. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure, you know, guys. Around the course, I, yeah, I feel like it's been, yes. Yeah, if you think for me, it's been weird as hell <laughs> not hearing Fabian's voice. Like, on, this is my first ever time like, recording about Fabian. So I'm really sitting here, like, oh, Fabian. Like, and because his voice is so big and loud, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always have to tell him, you know, Fabian, can you blow it down a bit? <laughs> and I haven't had to do that today. So, but hopefully, um, he will be here joining us um, on the next episode. Yes. Um, but before we go, um, Kwame, do you have any last messages or anything for, your, um, for our listeners that you want to drop out there? Yeah, I mean, um, girls and boys like honestly your mental health is your wealth and like yeah just please if you're like struggling just please like reach out for help and um, yeah just know that there's people out there who um, care for you and just keep striving and just doing the best that you can um, yeah so yeah and if you want to get into television um, I'm very open to like speaking and giving advice. So please, my DMs are free if you ever want to talk. So yeah. Okay, cool. And on that note, actually, what is one tip you would give to someone who wants to get into TV and film? Okay. Um, I would say um, know what you want to do because then people want to get into TV, but um, TV or film, but like, I'll I'll start with TV first. So TV is more, um, some people want to be presenters. So think about, don't say, oh, you want to be in TV. Know your motive, why you're getting into it, basically. Mm. And also when it comes to presenting, some people always get conflicted. I want to be a presenter. No, you want to be famous, basically. (laughs) So so know why you are doing, know why you are, know why you are doing these things. And, um, and I'd say even with like production, with what I'm doing, always, um, yeah, think of ideas on what you can do. Um, Yeah. And yeah, just being, just being creative, but yeah, just, just, just knowing what you want to do um, is the main thing, I guess. Cool. Don't come in there half-heartedly. Yeah. (laughs) I, with most things in life yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll get half-hearted results yeah um, I guess could you um, also just drop your socials for anyone who wants to possibly get in touch as well okay so um, my Twitter is man like Kobjina um, is that going to be spelled like that oh do I spell it <laughs> I think oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so man like so yeah it's man like Kobjina so it's M-A-N M-A-N-L-I-K-E K O B Z U N A. I only did that because I didn't want employees to find me and then they preview because my tweet went viral. It gets like that. Yeah, it gets like that. It gets like that. And then my Instagram is this is Cobby Woods. So yeah, T H I S K O B I W O O D S. Yeah. Jeez. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, And on that note, guys, we're going to wrap up on this episode. It's your boy Milo. It's your boy Trey. And we're out. Peace.